What up, big dog? Man, that's y'all, man. <laughs> came in this thing clean. Yeah, yeah bro. That's how it moved. Like a Zika. <laughs> he could, bro. Ready to preach to him. What's up with it, though? Man, I'm blessed, bro. Yeah. I'm blessed, man. Glad y'all y'all, y'all brought a brother home, man. Glad you I got, I got a ton of respect for what y'all doing, man, and how y'all do it. Appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir, man. I got a lot of respect. I love it. I love it. I, I be looking around like, boy. These young boys be out there, boy. I, I want to get a piece of them, but you, you a different breed. Hey, old school. Uh, yeah, nah, I, 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 I came up. Solid. I came up. I came up the old school and and, and watching the OGs, man. Like Shit, like for real. You had um, you got drafted. It was two years after I left because I was in that division mm-hmm. when the uh, Jets was making their playoff run. Mm-hmm. When Rex was doing all that lurk and that crazy stuff on defense. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, I retired in 2010. And you was with Bart, right? Yeah, Bart, like Bart, Dave right? Harris, Calvin yeah. Pace. Yeah. Yeah. And Crow Reeves. Yep. So I came yep. in, I had a lot of, a lot, a lot of good vets. Nice this, name, they was nice And too. I came in, picked their brain, bro. Right. That's, that's really how I learned. Straight kumbaya of, of backers and, and running backs. A real positions? Listen, those positions, man, are positions I couldn't play. Whether it was size, skill, or heart. I'm not taking. I'm not taking on linemen all day. Mm-hmm. Not doing it. Then got. Then got to go cover the slot. Then got to cover the running back. I want to do what I do, and I'm not gonna let people just tee off on me. So I made my choice. Well, God made it for me. God did with size. God, God did. did. <laughs> Hold up. Limitless. Biggest to me, guy pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust, limitless, take a stomach cap in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Hey man, welcome to the pivot though, bro. We've been trying to get this done for a long time. Freddie T, Chan, I'm RC. Uh, thank you to all the people that subscribe. We appreciate everything that you've done for us. Uh, it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy start to 2023. Um, and we're excited to just keep it going. We got a streamly special guest today in Demario Davis. And I've been inspired just listening to you speak, watching you work through the Players Coalition and seeing you ascend in New Orleans, man. And the way people don't really ascend later on in their careers, coming and becoming an all-pro linebacker, one of the best in the game without question. But I think this story starts before this, you know, before people in press conferences are asking you questions that you say, oh, you want me to preach? Mm-hmm. Take us back, man, to the 10th grade mm-hmm. in Mississippi. Uh, a simple bad decision, a simple mistake of stealing a wallet, getting kicked out of school, and having to go to reform school to finish. Man, that was uh, the climax. Man, first of all, man, appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, this is huge. Um, I got a ton of respect for y'all just because y'all keep it real. You know what I mean? That that authenticity, especially in the day mm-hmm. when you got so much going on with social media and stuff. So I just got a ton Appreciate of respect that. for what Appreciate y'all do. You, I don't always get a chance to watch. My wife is a huge fan. She don't miss nothing. <laughs> right. she, she watching y'all Thank all you, the Ms. time. Thank you, Miss Appreciate you. <laughs> uh, man, going back to that, man, that was a climax moment because that was a, a progression. Like when I hit eighth grade, you know, I was an A-B student, didn't get in no trouble. You know what I mean? Just go to school, took care of stuff. Um, only thing, I just talked a lot in class. But the summer from my eighth grade year, you know, hanging out with my older cousins, man, fell right into it. Man, start smoking weed, drinking, partying. I look old for my age, so I start hitting the clubs. Man, for an eighth grade mind, bro, that just, it just it just took off. So my mind just, just going. I'm skipping school, doing all that. So, now all of a sudden the in-school suspensions pick up, suspensions pick up, fighting in school, getting kicked off the bus. It's just, it just picking up, but I don't see it. So that climax moment for me is me and my boy come home and he like, hey man, this cat at school, I saw his wallet, man. He, he had about $500, $600. So at that point, you know, it's all about making moves to try to increase your rank in the circle. So. I'm like, okay, we're gonna go get that. Where yet? And so, man, we kind of come up with a little scheme. Scheme go bad. I'm like, man, I'm I'm following through with the mission. Mm-hmm. And so I just asked him for for his for his uh, hey, give me change for a five. 
pulled his wallet out, grabbed the wallet, middle of the hallway. Man, students bailed on wrong. You know the hallway full. Anybody gonna see me? Snatch the wallet, run off campus. I run right to the hood. Some of my some of my partners, they out there, they done skip school. Man, first thing we do, go to the bootlegger. Let's buy some alcohol. We just sitting down, drinking, and just as soon as I put the drink to my lips, my mama called my phone. And I heard it in her voice when she said it. She was like, what have you done? And the, the pain that I could hear in her voice and the fear in her voice, I know it's like, this ain't no little trouble. This ain't no little suspension. She's like, you got to come back up. Where you at? I'm coming, take me back up to the school. And uh, yeah, they sent me home for like a, 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 a week. I can't remember a week. Uh, two weeks while they trying to figure it all out and, and come to find out they wanted to expel me for the rest of my high school career. Me being a sophomore, just came off a great football season, underclassmen to watch, everything on the up and up. And it was, it was about to be over just like that. What did you learn from that? And did you feel like after getting an opportunity to get back in school and work your way in, did you feel like you would never be in that sort of trouble again? It didn't even, it didn't even hit yet. So what hit me was I'm in alternative school. And the minute I hit alternative school, I'm like, I don't belong here. And they already told me, my principal stuck out for me. He said, just finish the year, bring me back around. I'm like, okay, I just got to make it through alternative school. Now, alternative school, like jail. You know, it's a life of survival up in that mug. So to try not to get in no fights, try not to join no cliques and stuff like that, that's tough. So, but it didn't hit me yet. I'm still navigating, still in survival mode. What hit me was me and my partners out. We breaking in cars, abandoned buildings, and we breaking in this abandoned building. And I punched the glass. Now, uh, Fast and the Furious Two had just came out. <laughs> you see my boy Tyrese wrap his hand, but you know we we go try to copy the TV. Me trying to be big dog. I'm punched the window. Now it was like that plexiglass. So when I punched through, the glass didn't shatter. When I pulled my arm out. Couldn't gash my arm open. So now I got to run a quarter mile home, arm gashed open. I'm blacking out while I'm going home. Mm. I get to the crib. I'm like, I, gotta, I can't go wake my mama up. So I try to go run some water over it. Man, when I run the water, like, man, it go from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I'm like, man, this is bad. So I go wake my mama up. We go to the hospital. They stitching me up on the table. Dog, it's the first time I heard God's voice. Audible. Now, I've been growing up in the church my whole life. I'm hearing people talk about, I heard God said this, God told me. I'm like, man, what God sound like? I ain't never heard God, but I heard it clear that day. And it was that strike two. And so this how, this how I, my mind gone is, I'm like, man, strike two? What was strike one? I know it's God I'm talking to him, but in my mind, I'm like, man, what was strike one? And he was like, you got expelled from school. This strike two. And your third strike, you're going to be dead or you're going to be in jail for a long time. I guarantee it. And dog, that scared me straight. My junior year and senior year, I bet nobody ever turned it over that quick. Straight A's, junior and senior year, and I had a two point something GPA because I ain't going to school. Brought that mug up, graduated with like a three seven, got the scholarship, Arkansas State. And it looked like it was, you know, on up and up. But then when I got to Arkansas State, I fell back into that same old, old pattern. You had a supportive mom. He was a great student. He was a ball player. What was you running, like, what was you breaking in the buildings for? You was really trying to be that cool? That's what happens, you know, and when you think about what these young males are doing when they don't have male figures, strong male figures, they look to the men around them to tell me what I'm supposed to do. My mom was great. I came up in a great family. My mom was the youngest of 10. I always knew right from wrong. I stayed with my grandmother when I was young, grew me up in the church, so I always knew what was right from wrong. But when I got to that ninth grade, I'm hanging with my cousin. And so I'm looking at the circle that they, now that my cousin's two years older than me. So I'm running, running with they circle. All them high school and this what they doing. So I'm doing the same thing. And you know, when you and if you a, a, a man's man, I'm trying to be the top dog in the circle. I ain't trying to be the puppy. I ain't, you know, so what y'all doing? Oh, I do it better. Yeah. And that's what I was on. You know, like you slanging, I'm gonna slang better than you. Yeah. You know, you fighting, well, I can fight too. I can, I can probably whoop you. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just that mentality. And it's, so it became, I was on something totally different than how I was raised. Yeah. And I'm going home to a great mom, my mom crying. Like, she like, what is, what's, what's going on? You better than what you doing. But I don't 
see that when I'm going out and I'm in survival mode. Yeah. You know, and so like that's what that's what I was really aspiring to is the men that was around me. Nobody was coming and saying telling me the real thing about being a man is you don't have to be like that. Yeah. The real thing about being a man is being true to who you are. Yeah. Not following the circle. Everybody so, says get respect, but nobody tells you how to gain respect. Man, come on, bro. That's yeah. it. That's absolutely it. That's absolutely it. Because them dudes don't realize that all of them in that room, they mostly all in there following. Most of them don't want to be here. Man, when the, you sitting in a room and a dude walk out the back with an AK-47 and sitting on the couch, everybody in the room ain't comfortable. Yeah, that's real. But ain't nobody going to act like they uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, when cats pass and stuff around and doing stuff, that ain't for everybody. Everybody don't enjoy that. But you're not going to act like you don't. Right. You know what I'm saying? Too look, cool to be real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially when you're the youngest. Right. I was the youngest in the room. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was like always trying to earn that. But when my cousins, you know, them graduated and now I was on my own, it was very cool for me, my junior and senior year, not to get in trouble because I'm like the big dog on campus. I got more maturity than all these other cats. You know what I'm saying? But I'm cool with being me. I'm going to football. I come home. I hang with my little girlfriend. That's it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then it was on a straight and narrow, and that's how I made it out. The third strike. We spoke about the similarities. Both of us have young moms. I had us at 16. My dad was away to the military as well. So not having that father figure around and just kind of being out in the, in the environment, in the community, letting the community raise you, totally understand that. And then getting to college, going through this, this third strike incident and almost getting kicked out of college where that incident changes your life. Mm -hmm. Much like myself, I think I told a story, R.C. Chan, about the books, still in the books at yeah. the law school which at that moment I was uh, about to get kicked out of school and lose my scholarship, which is what I read about you. Speak to us about, you know, having a young mom and, and, and that relationship for me is like brother, sister, mm -hmm. not like, you know what I'm yeah. saying, mom. So that's my relationship, but, but speak to your relationship with your mother and then get us to that moment that ultimately changed your life, you know, for forever. Yeah. So that dynamic with me and my mom. So till I was in the third grade, I stayed with my grandma because my mom had me so young. She had to finish high school and then she went to, to Louisiana to finish college. So I'm staying with my grandmother. My grandma was the one who initially just raised me in right versus wrong. Then mama came and got me in the third grade. So it was me and her. And my only struggle with my mom initially was like she wasn't like my grandma. I'm like, you don't do it how grandma do it. Grandma do this. Grandma do this. Grandma. So that was just a little struggle. But after that, man, we just clicked. Man, I just felt so so connected to her, felt so so warm. And my mom was the, is the type of person that's always speaking life. She always, you know, just always was telling me, you better than your environment, you know, you can be this, you can be that, uh, you know, just speaking life over me. My mom used to, like, on my way to middle school and high school, she used to put, like, little sticky notes in my, in my notebooks mm -hmm. and in my book bag. I just find it in the middle of the day, like, just uh, want you to have a blessed day, go be your best self, like, that type of stuff. And so my mom is just a, a very special individual. So through all that, like, it was killing me. Like, man, my mom drug tested me one time and I had lied to her face, like, I ain't smoking no dope, I'm just slanging it. And uh, she tested me and was just like, you just sit here and just lie to me. Like, mom, I, was, I was crushing my mom, like, and it was killing me, but I couldn't, I couldn't switch up, you know? I just couldn't figure it out. So we going to college. Now I've been on the straight and narrow for two years. I'm going to Sunday school, my mom, everything. My mom dropped me off on campus. I could still see her face. She was like, whatever you do, don't lose this scholarship. And my mama can't pay for no college. Like when I got a scholarship, I didn't even know what a scholarship was. I was like, Ma, I got a full ride scholarship. She started crying. I'm like, what you crying for, Ma? <laughs> like, <laughs> she, she like, man, they paying for all your school. Like I didn't know how I was gonna pay, how you gonna go to you know, college or whatever. And uh, so when she dropped me, she was like, son, whatever you do, don't drop this, don't, don't lose this scholarship. Now she done drove four hours, dropped me off, and I could see the pain in her face when she tell me that. But I'm like, man, I ain't gonna lose this scholarship. We're gonna take care of business. Well, small fish in a big pond. You know, you gotta, I'm, I'm the love man. Everybody else been on campus two, three years. So you go right back into that prove it mode. So it's bigger than just proving it on, on the football field. I can do that. Got to prove it hanging out. Like, I ain't no sap, I ain't no lame, I ain't, you know, so fell back into a lot of my old ways. It was uh, after my true freshman year, I red, I red shirted, and then getting ready that summer, get ready to go into my red shirt freshman season. They done figured out a little Ponzi scheme 
you know, at Walmart in the self-checkout line, the boys, they doing it, you know? So everybody doing I'm like, it. everybody doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I, I learned it from them. Right. Like, what, what you do again? Okay, cool, cool. You was a bit younger than us. We had we did it with calling cards. You get a calling card, you can share it with the whole locker room. So not one person getting jammed up, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 when it, when it, I'm like, man, the same this same thing. I'm I'm gonna do this the best. I got it. <laughs> so I I did it like a couple times. This time I went in there, man. Caught myself going. Swipe about $20 worth of groceries, but I'm walking out with about $200, you know? Plan went bad. His plan, bro, you the worst criminal ever. Oh, yeah, I'm plan going going bad. Criminal life ain't for me. God had me on a different plan, dog. And he was trying to warn me, I just wasn't listening. Like, that ain't the path I got for you, son. It ain't gonna work out. But I'm glad he was getting me early. So, boom, I go up. They uh, ride back to campus, police waiting on us from campus. We got the groceries in the back of the car, bro. It looked like uh, Frank Lucas, bro. Like a, like a drug bus, bro. We, I'm sitting in the back of the car, cuffed, bro. They, they literally taking the garbage, the, the uh, grocery, grocery bags to the back of the police car. Just, and you just seeing it like they moving, like they moving kilos, bro. And there's people standing around, dog. Like, like the whole campus is like, saying this. They got it. Like, dog, it was yeah. like that. So it was like a movie or something. But anyways, I'm in jail, bro, and it all come rushing back. Mm. I mean, I'm, I mean, the first thing is going to court and realizing, man, you they giving you three days. I'm like, wait, the judge said he gave him like he like, yeah, it's gonna be a a hundred dollars paper release, a fifteen hundred dollar fine, six months probation, three days in jail. I'm like, wait, three days in jail? <laughs> like, <laughs> I ain't heard nothing else. No. So I'm in jail, going through that and. Everybody tough today, you know. You you get behind them them, them cell. That's a whole different. That's a whole different way. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking about alternative schools like jail. This is <laughs> jail, 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 jail. <laughs> yeah. So, but it hit me. I'm sitting in there and I'm like, I hear God again. He's like, I told you it was gonna be in jail. Strike three. But I was like, you know, I'm 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 smart mouth with it. I'm like, wait, God, you said I was gonna be jail for a long time. I got three days, and He said that that's my grace. Mm. And at that point, I knew, man, my life, it was like how that hit me, my life ain't going the way I want it to go. Like, the, the person I'm becoming is not who I want to be. And I need something else. Like, God, I need you. I didn't know at the time that I was saying that I needed you, but I'm like, I got to make a move. I got to do something different. And, and literally from there, my team chaplain just kind of came up to me and threw me under his wing and started walking me out in the word and scripture. Is that uh, Chuck? Chuck McElroy. Yeah. He Chuck McElroy. Tell us a little bit about that relationship. So Chuck McElroy was my team chaplain. And, uh, you know, for all those who don't necessarily know, you know, like the team chaplain, that's the person that's going to be there for Bible study mm -hmm. and, and have that for anybody who got any spiritual questions and stuff like that. So, you know, when I was a freshman, he he always had Bible study. And I know to go to Bible study. Like my grandma raised me. I can go in there and figure I can answer a few questions. Then I'm out going party, do whatever. Well... After the jail situation, he started like calling me and like, man, you want to go out for lunch? I went with him a couple times and he started asking me like different type of questions. Like, you, you a Christian, right? Yeah, I'm a Christian. What, what do you think it means to be Christian? Like, what? Like, what does a Christian life look like? Like, you know, go to church, you know, don't, don't really do. He was like, uh, do you know what sin is? How would you describe sin? Then he asked me a question that, 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 that wrecked me. He was like, on a scale of one to 10, how sure are you that you would go to heaven? I'm like, like a six or a seven? And he was like, you know, what if I told you you could be 100% sure that you're gonna go to heaven? I'm like, I don't, I don't know if i ever be 100% sure. And he started like walking me out in the Bible. Like first we just meet, like I used to hate like when he called me, I'm like, man, this dude just wanna talk about God stuff, man. I ain't trying yeah. to be around him. But then he started walking me through scripture and he started to show me like Bible verses and what they say. And it was like uh, in Luke, it talks about uh, a good tree can't bear bad fruit and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. I mean, it's talking about your heart. You know, your, your, your heart is, 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 is the tree and the fruit is your actions. Mm -hmm. So all you got to do is look at the actions that's coming from your life. And that's going to tell you what, what kind of heart you got. And I was always a person like, man, at the end of the day, I do bad stuff, but God know I got a good heart. Right. Well, when I lined it up versus what the word was saying, it was like, no, nah, I got a bad heart. Right. 
And then he took me to Ezekiel where he said, I'll take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I'm like, man, I need that new, I need that new heart. You know, like, and that's what I, when he said, well, if you go and pray for a new heart, God will give you that. And I went home and I prayed like, God, give me a new heart. And the next day I'm like, okay, I'm good. Man, I was in the, man, I was, end of the day, I was in the same stuff, worse. <laughs> I done did everything times 10. <laughs> I called him. It meant about midnight. I called him. I said, man, hold up, man. You told me if I pray for a new heart, God gonna give me a new heart. <laughs> he was like, man, if you prayed that prayer with sincerity, you know, it, God gonna, God gonna honor it. Probably a few weeks later, I was down at a conference in Nashville. When I walked in the conference, people in there worshiping hands in the air and stuff like that, you know, and it's, it's not like the gospel church, right. you know, it's like the contemporary worship, like, I don't, you know, like kind of country music a little bit. I'm like, man, what these people got their hands up, man? Where you done brought me to? Because I went to the conference to go play basketball. Right. Man, literally, I'm in there and, and the preacher preach a message and it wrecked me. And then they start worshiping and I'm, I'm reading the, the screen and all of a sudden it started making sense. It was like the scale just removed from my eyes of like why Jesus had to die. Mm. why Jesus is the only person that lived the perfect life. And he's like, you can't work your way to God. It ain't nothing that you can do to get you closer to God. But Jesus lived this perfect life and said, hey, give me that bad life you got. I'm going to give you my perfect life so you can get into heaven. That's your ticket. You're going to use my life as your ticket. That's why he had to come and die. And that's the only way to get over is to get that ticket. That's what it means to have Jesus Christ come into your life. And, dog, when that hit me, like, I'm like, dog, everybody I know that's going to church, they don't know this. Mm. Like if they knew this, they would change trying to, everybody think it's like a, a, a scale. Like if I do more good than bad, I'm going to be all right at the end of the day. Like as long as I keep that scale in my favor and it's like, no, it don't work like that. Only way you're getting into heaven is to be perfect and can't nobody be perfect. The Bible say all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, but the Bible also say for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Meaning he gave you a free gift. All you got to do is take it. And that's how you get across the bridge. And so when that happened, it was like, bro, all I want to do is tell people about this. And that was the change. Fellas, the play-in games are over. There's no more screaming children when you're trying to shoot free throws. But DraftKings is still there. And DraftKings wants to get you the opportunity to play. Any new customer making a pregame Moneyline wager of just $5, if that hits, you get $150 in bonus bets. There's an old country saying, dance with your date. I've been dancing with same-game parlays all season. I'm going to ride with them through the playoffs. Chance of winning even more money when you bet multiple bets in a single game. Man, you've been riding those same-game parlays for a while. But me, listen, you got DraftKings Sportsbook, and then you got DraftKings Daily Fantasy. I'm the Daily Fantasy guy. I still can play, and I'm all good. So remember, pull out your mobile devices. Yep these little things that we all have, download DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code DEFENSE. Any pregame money line wager of $5, if that hits, you get $150 in bonus bets. DraftKings makes watching the game so much more fun. You know, another thing that changed in your life was medieval literature class. I'm not really sure mm -hmm. why anybody in a communications major would take Don't. medieval uh, literature, but you met Mm -hmm. your future wife in that class, your now wife, your present wife. And so Channing always likes to ask people about their game. Mm -hmm. I read up a little bit about your game. You mm -hmm. went on a picnic. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you said yeah, you had huh? the delectables. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But you had decided, at that point in your life, you decided you wanted a wife, and I guess she yes, was going to be it. Yes, sir. Yes, so sir. you shooting your shot was immediately out the gate, I'm going to take on a date, and I'm going to ask her to be my girlfriend. Yeah. Apparently, you being that way must have worked. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about meeting your wife, man, and what you guys have, have built, whether it's her now getting into her own career, what you guys do with, you know, dining with the Davises, all the community work you guys do together, raising your five kids. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. has that relationship been in, in continuing to help you grow as the man Chuck kind of sets you out on the path to be and God created you to be? Man, that's 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 a blessing, bro. Um, when I when I think back on it, here we are getting ready to go into in Ju July, be eleven years of marriage, uh, five kids, um, nine Bailey Grace, seven Roman Parker, our only boy, uh, six Summer Joy, uh, three Carly Faith, and then one Stormy Love. Just a blessing of that goes all the way back to to that meeting. But I wouldn't have never been at that point of that meeting had I not had that transformation that happened inside. I'm in medieval class, so how I get in medieval class is crazy. 
I'm taking a class you would take. Was it easy? No. I ain't taking that. No. (laughs) (laughs) How... It was so crazy, dog. I'm getting ready to go into my senior year. You know, when you come in as a freshman, they put you on that eight semester plan. Yeah. You know, that it's, football players can get that standard eight semester plan. Don't come look on. All uh, you got to do is just ride on through. They're going to tell you what class to take. Get on in there. Okay, I'm boom. I'm on that. But I'm going to hit a schedule because I'm doing the summer school, everything. I'm going into the last, I probably to have like nine hours. You know what I mean? Just to go in. I got to be a full time student, so I'm going to take like a little trick class just to do something. Bro, when I get ready to go in, they like, you don't have enough liberal arts and science classes. I got, I'm a communications major. Like, what do you mean liberal arts and science? What is that? And they're like, yeah, you got to take like a lot of literature classes and stuff like that. This for my, my senior year. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I done did everything. I'm not finna do this. Like, they like, it's going to take you three semesters to get it done. And I'm like, no, that ain't finna be the case. So I'm like, we just finna load this bad boy up. So now I ain't taking no communication class because I'm done with all them. It's like, all essays. I'm in like civil rights. I'm in like African American literature. I'm in like all these classes where it's just like, man, you reading, 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 and writing like six page essays. Like, dog, I'm taking 18 hours of essays, bro. But I was locked in though, so I was good. So I'm, I'm picking the schedule, and it's like, you gotta take medieval or you gotta take American romanticism. I remember medieval from high school, man. They had them them little suits and hitting each other with them swords. I'm like, I ain't doing that. I definitely ain't finna mess with that lame stuff. And like, I'm gonna just take the American romanticism. So I take that, boom. You know, you go on your little Christmas break at the end of the fall, get ready to come back for the spring. I'm like, cool, schedule. They called me on the second day. Like, you gotta uh, fix your schedule. I'm like, what's wrong with your schedule? They were like, you try to take American romanticism. We don't got American romanticism. You gotta take uh, medieval. Now I'm forced to go to medieval class. So and play I'm, with them sticks. Pause. All that. <laughs> yeah, <big part. laughs> so I, I, I go to class, and uh, you know, we the only chocolate in there. So I see her, she's sitting in the back row on the left. I see her as soon as I walk in, and I'm coming into class late. Like I got my suit on, got my fresh cut, you know what I mean? Sitting on the front row. At this time, you know, I had just went through like six months where I was like, I ain't dating, I ain't talking to nobody, like it's just me and God. So I'm on that. And but I I see her, and so like the First couple of days, I always kind of joke. I was like, you know, she wanted me to like holler at her, speak to her, because she would like wait right till I get ready to walk out the door. She would like walk out right in front of me. First couple of times, I ain't say nothing. Then, then uh, that third time, I just say like, how you like the class? I saw that big smile come across her face, beautiful smile. I knew I was good. <laughs> so, so we just was talking it up and we became great friends so fast because she was from Mississippi. Um, grew up with that deep south raising, and uh, man, we just hit it off, man. We was hitting off about everything, just kind of talking about like the way we grew up, life in Mississippi, stuff like that. And we had like a little five minute walk from the class to our car. I was going to football practice, she was going to work. And uh, man, she started inviting me over, uh, and she was always cooking. And so she always have a bunch of people over there. I go over there, just kick it with her. Man, one day we just hanging out, I mean, like straight friends. But it's a bunch of people over. I look over in the kitchen, man. It was like a light that was over. And it was like, God was like, that's your wife right there. And so from there, I was like, man, I, I invited her to be my Valentine. I asked her to be my Valentine day for the my Valentine for the weekend. And I, I had to set out. I had to set out. You talk about, you know, it wasn't game. It was just like, man, I I wanted to pursue her, but I wasn't sure I was gonna pursue her, but I liked her. So set it out. And uh we had a charm, had a great Valentine's, and then uh, we still was friends, and I was just kind of asking all my people around me. I was I was walking with a very mature group, so it was just like I had a bunch of accountability partners. Like I would go over with her the whole time we dated. It was all celibate, mm-hmm. you know. It was it was done the right way, and so like I had to have my accountability partners because by ten o'clock <laughs> I got to go home. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't. You know, it'd be time we don't we don't went and hung out ten o'clock. My boys calling me like, "Where you at? What you what you doing?" We just had a good time. And then May was when I, I had talked to my people, and I was like, "Man, I want to ask this girl to be my girlfriend." But I'm asking her, like, letting her know that I'm I'm pursuing her to be my wife. So I'm a little nervous about that because that's not normal. You know what I'm saying? Like the first time you ask somebody to be your girlfriend, you telling them like, "Man, I'm looking at for a wife." And so we go out on a picnic. That's one of her favorite spots. You know, got the wine, got the got the fruit. We got a little, got a little poem, stuff like that. 
And then I just, I just, I just read my little, my little spiel, which was just pretty much asking her to be my girlfriend, letting her know like I'm pursuing you. You know, if you say yes to this, I'm trying to figure out if we can be married. And so she said yes, um, and and then we dated to December, and then I proposed in December. Yeah, man. It's well. First, I went to jail a bunch of times too. Yeah. The worst thing is when that one toilet in the middle of that room with all them dudes staying at. That's when I got caught. <laughs> like being in jail, I was still the cool dude. Like, yeah. Yeah, man. These, these, these haters can't get me until that stomach started rumbling. Yeah. And I looked around. I said, "Oh, that's the only toilet I got," and it still ain't break. Now I went back to jail. But, but when you talk about jail, and then you know that was kind of the catalyst, that final, you know, that final hit, that third strike that God told you that kind of really changed your life and put you on the path. But how hard was it really? Like it, it sounds great. I'm a, and you, you make me feel like I'm not really a Christian Christian. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a Christian. I say yeah, I prayed. Yeah, I'm yeah, the guy I get yeah, down, yeah. pray yeah. every night, pray with my kids. But really walking that life, walking that path, and let's be honest, good looking dude, ball player, mm -hmm. bright future. Mm -hmm. How hard is it for you to, you really went cold turkey yeah. on, some people say the fun of yeah. life. Yeah, see the Bible say uh, with man it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I would say the stuff I did to cut in college, the stuff I'm still doing now, it is impossible without God or without a, 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 the Holy Spirit coming in and leading you and guiding you. Man, ain't no way I would have dropped cold turkey like that. And it really, by the time I got married, I had walked two years in celibacy. Ain't no way. Yeah. It ain't no way. There's no possibility because of how I'd already programmed my body to operate yeah. based on stuff that I had been doing before. But that was the change. It was a time where like, I couldn't give up smoking weed. I couldn't stop because I felt like, you know, I don't think nothing's wrong with it, but um, it wasn't for me. You know, it was just like, man, because what happened was I'm hanging with one of my homeboys and I'm sharing the gospel with him. We hanging out like this, people drinking. I, don't, I wasn't really drinking. I was smoking, but I was talking. He said, hey man, how you gonna tell me about God and you doing the same thing I'm doing? Mm. At that point, it was more important for me to, I want him to know Jesus. So I'd rather put this down if it's going to keep him from, you know, the Bible tells him not to be a stumbling block. So if that's going to keep him from learning, like, I got to put that down. But it was hard. Yeah. And so, like, I was praying. And then, like, God just, he, he took me actually to that moment. And he was like, what's more important? And that was, and that was the, and never mess with it again. Just dropped it, cold turkey. And it was similar with that when I, broke out of my girlfriend relationship and I went on that six month spiel with God. We had already like had been trying to stop. I had stopped shacking and doing that. And I broke up with her, then just did that walk and it just happened. When I walked into the new relationship, it was very tempting. Like when I'm with, with Tam, especially once I knew I was pursuing her towards marriage. And then after we got engaged, it was very tempting because I got engaged in December, we got married in July. So it was hard, yeah. you know, but it was more important for me to walk, walk that walk. Man, it's the Holy Spirit, bro. It's the Holy Spirit. And I'm, and I'm still learning today like what that walk looks like with the Holy Spirit because it's very easy to get in that spirit and get out of it, especially with all the stuff that's around us. But, man, it's, it's, it's little stuff like the music that you're listening to, you know what I mean? That play a big part. The, the shows you're watching on TV, like guarding your eyes. Like I'm walking through the casino, you know what I'm saying? Like just coming up here. But see... I walked through the casino years ago with one of my, my pastor partners, and he was just like, hey, stay on the phone with me. I'm going to come, come, come to your room. I want you to pray. I'm like, man, you tripping, man. You tripping, man. You want to pray while you walk through the casino, dog? You just coming up here? But you know what I'm saying? He Strong, brother. Faithful. Strong. And I seen him walk it out. Now I catch myself because I didn't stay, you know what I'm saying, as strong. But I'm walking through now. I'm saying Jesus the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Because it's the little stuff, the devil in the details. He ain't coming at you in the front with the poison. Like, here, he gonna he make you think you're doing good. You're on the right path. You fight, but you fight that long and you deal with these things. And so many times when we do have that conversation or you do make that change in your life, people who are new to Christianity, they want that change right away, mm -hmm. right? They want, they want the old things to be gone, all things to be new. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. want Corinthians 517 right now. Yeah. But it doesn't happen like that. And so you get drafted by the Jets yeah. in the third round. You on a 4-12 and 12 team, I think, yeah. in 
14. Then you, but then you're in Cleveland, yeah. and you think it's going to be a reset. You're on a one in 15 team, right? You, you're about to lose your spot. Your Demario Davis have, have been through all this, and you're thinking about giving football up, mm-hmm. right? You get to the point they want you to alternate, and you say, "I'm going to talk to the coach instead of clicking out and be like, what can I do better?'" Yeah. You yeah. had to make a. You made a decision then, that's now turned into all pro linebacker Demario Davis. But what was that time like for you just dealing with football and not excelling in the way that you wanted to early? Man, that's, that's, that's a great question. And, and it really is, you can hit both of them, the spiritual and the football, the same way. So justification, sanctification, glorification. Justification happens right now. The minute you say you want Jesus in your life and you're serious about that, he coming to your life justified. You're going to heaven. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Ain't nothing that you can do to break that up. You're going, boom. Sanctification, that's going to happen the rest of your life. That's meaning now I got to look like Christ. I got to image him in society. Now, how that's going to happen, that's going to play itself out in a lot of stories. That's going to happen. You're going to do good some days, bad some days. It's going to be up and down. But that's the sanctification happening. And then the glorification is when you get your new body. You ain't getting that till you die. So you got one that happens instantly. You got one that's going to take your whole life. And then you got one that's not going to happen until you die. So... My sanctification process, my journey, I get to Cleveland. Now, I done played five, four years with the Jets. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm thinking I'm balling. Every year I'm hitting 100 tackles. I got me a couple sacks, you know what I mean? A pick here and there. Force farm before I'm recovering. Like, that shit don't look too much different now than it did then. <laughs> right. But it was the efficiency. But I didn't know that then. So I go to Cleveland, and they, they bring another linebacker in. I'm like, man. Okay, yeah, bring a new linebacker in. Me and him from the be out there, we finna take care of business. They're like, hey, you finna be a backup. Backup? I came here to be the man. So I'm going through that. All of a sudden, the stress starting to hit me. 27 years old, 26 years old, my body hurting. You know what I mean? My knees hurt. I ain't got no injury, but I'm hurting. I don't even want to go to practice. Like, And I'm miserable going to practice because my body's just, my shoulders hurting. You know what I'm saying? It's just like back. Like, man, what's going on with my body? I'm thinking I got like a disease or something that I don't know about. You know what I'm saying? Like, black people always think they got they, a disease, dog. Like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't know, bro. It's like, that's so I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking that, like something wrong with my blood or something. I remember pulling in the driveway, just got news, I'm gonna be a backup. Just like, man, God, I'm done. I ain't got nothing left for you. I've been playing this game since I was in the fourth grade. I done gave you every snap I got. I ain't got nothing else. And I'm crying. I'm pulling the driveway, dog. I'm crying. You know, uh, I'm a sensitive person, but I ain't a very emotional person. So like I ain't just really just drop no tears, but I'm 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 crying. Cause I know I'm I'm done. You know, it's just like, all right, I'm on a two-year contract with Cleveland. I'm gonna finish this this season, I'm gonna play next, I'm done. I'm gonna wrap it up. I go ahead and tell my wife, I'm like, I'm gonna retire. She's like, what? And she in there cooking. I'm like, I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna play, I'm finish the year, play the next year, I'm done. She like, all right. She know my my wife, I always know I'm up and down. So I go to look my prayer closet, I go in my prayer closet and I pray. I'm like, God, I'm done. You know, whatever you wanna do in this game, cause I can feel like he not done with me in football. Like I'm done, but he ain't done with me in the game. I'm like, man, whatever you wanna do, God, you gonna have to do it. It's literally gonna be you carrying me the rest of the way. Whatever happened at this point, it is all you. It is not me. You know, and it was just like I heard that solemn voice. And it was like, thank you. Thank you for getting out of my way. Now I can work. And literally, like the next day I'm getting ready to go in. I'm like, man, I'm going to go talk to this coach, man. He's going to put me back out there. We're going to figure out what's up. It was just like, don't, don't go in there and say nothing. Don't go in there telling him nothing. Just go in there and ask him a question. Like. All right, I'm going to be obedient. Go in. I just ask. Ray Horton is my D coordinator at the yeah, time. I, play I go in and I, and I say, Coach, what do you think I can do to get better? And it was like it was on the top of his mind. He was like, funny you should ask. Come here. He pulled out the tape. He pulled out like three plays. He said, you see this play right here? Boom, boom, boom. Then he pulled up uh, Luke Keekley. Same three plays. And it was just like a tackle out of space. They throw the ball out to the running back. I run up, miss him. Boom, he keep going. We throw a swing pass, a wide receiver, catch a little dump, hit a little shake, I miss him. And then he, he showed Luke. 
and, uh, and then he showed Bobby Wagner. And he's like, I see you as the same caliber player as, as these guys, but you aren't making these plays, and these are the plays that's, that's, that's hurting you. That's the difference. And he was like, do you know, know why you're not making these plays? I'm like, no, nah, I don't. I was like, I'm just missing the tackle. He's like, you playing too high. You standing straight up. You ain't bending your knees. And he's like, you need to start training with your knees bent. He was like, I want you to play tennis. I want you to play basketball. I just want you to start working with, you know, with your pad level up. And it was like right out of there, like just the, the wisdom just started to come in, like a revelation. It was like a movie. Like I could see like tennis players. I could see basketball players and how quick. And then that was the main thing in basketball. I could go score 17, but the coach would pull me out the game because I wouldn't play defense. And it wasn't like I wasn't playing, but I just wasn't low enough. Now it was all making sense. So I started training like a DB ever since then. I was like, I ain't doing no more linebacker drill. I'm going to do DB drill. I'm going to be able to get in and out of my breaks quickly. And then that was the difference. So I went through a whole training offseason like that. But then I went from there and I started to look at like all the articles people was writing about me. And I, cause I never read it. Like I, I was on that old LeBron, like don't read the articles, you know what I'm saying? Like in playoffs, stay focused. That was what I was on. So I wasn't reading the articles. So I read all them and I realized that where they was hitting me at, they was talking about my coverage skills. You know, they was talking about my inconsistency. I was like, bet. I'm like, I know exactly what I gotta do. So I called my pops. I said, pops, I guarantee you, it won't happen, maybe not be this year, but next year I'm gonna be the best linebacker in the league. Cause I know exactly what I gotta fix. And I just started grinding. And so it was just like, God took that moment of brokenness and he rejuvenated my mind, and he rejuvenated my body because now I had a drive, I had something I was focused Bro, on. But you, like you say that, like that's easy. You, you in New Orleans now, what, first team all pro, 19, uh, second team 20, 21. A team, you leading the defense that for years, should you get the Rams call, you should be in, but for years was Super Bowl caliber. When you start to play at that level and you start to get that sort of recognition, is there any point where you're like, you know what, I am everything I set out to be that day when I asked Ray Horton about the film, when I called my pops, do you feel now you've reached that level that you knew you could that day? Uh, man, my head stay down. I'm always just on, I'm just always one step, just one step, the next step. That's all I'm ever thinking about. Um, because it's never about me. It's never about like what I'm on. For me, life is about impact. Mm -hmm. You know, I ain't looking at the accolades and the trophies and stuff like that. What make me feel good is, is if Rex Ryan could be can 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 hold his head up and say I was right. You know, when he right, drafted when he me drafted and he you. made the he made the comparison to, to to Ray. Here I am at the Pro Bowl and Ray my coach. You know what I mean? And talking with him and Ray come to me and be like, man, this is one of the last gladiators left. That mean everything to me. You know, G's old Jeezy song, man, it's about the respect for me. Right. I love when somebody run up on me in the club and tell me I'm the realest center. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's what it's about for me. All the rest of the stuff don't matter. Like when I look at the guys that I play the game with, yeah. what they think, you know what I'm saying? When the boys run up on me, you know, telling me, that that's type of stuff. Um, and then for me, where I get it from is like, how can I use my life to multiply? You know what I'm saying? So. What helped me in, in New Orleans more than anything was the practices. Dog, think about this. When I came in, Sean Payton, my coach, one of the greatest minds ever coaching this game. Drew Brees is the quarterback, one of the best orchestrators on offense. Mike T over there is receiver. AK in the backfield. Jerry Cook at tight end. You got a whole Pro Bowl offensive line. Cam Jordan. Is your defensive end. Marshawn Lattimore is your corner. Mm -hmm. Marcus Williams is the safety. Like, this practice. Right. If you ain't getting better out there. Right. right. Because everybody there is at the top of their position or in that top five conversation. So you got to be on point every single day. And, and, and Sean and Drew, they out there practicing all the stuff they're going to be doing in the games. And you know how they trying to hang 40 on everybody. So my mind had to speed up. So it just took all that game and individual craft and it just brought it into a team concept. And, and it just all jailed, man. And so that's how we was able to do all that. Fellas, 
Sports are really jumping right now. And I don't normally say that outside of football season, but we got a fight with Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia this week. Who are you picking? I love this fight because they both letting him fly. But I'm telling you, Tank has never fought a guy that punches this hard. I think Garcia catches him with one of them lefts. Garcia's tough, but I like Tank. Just listen to it. Tank. I got to pick Tank. Well, I think it's going to go to distance, but I ain't making no pick. Back to the show. Uh, I found a quote. You said, uh, everybody want to be a dog, but the real dogs know who the dogs are. Uh, speak to that a little bit. You know, you said Ray Lewis showed you love. Uh, but not everybody that's watching understand that statement. So speak to that. It's, it's, it's something that's, that's real cliche at times, real recognized real. What's understood ain't got to be explained. And I, re I realize why they say what's understood ain't got to be explained because you can try to explain it, people still might not get it. That's a fact. But I'll try to break it down. For me, I studied the OGs. Mm -hmm. Like, when that song uh, J. Cole made, Middle Child, came, that's how I felt. Like, Lil bro, big bro, all in yeah, one? Yeah. I got to be little bro to the OGs. Like, all y'all, like, I, I came in, like, studying, watching. Like, bro, I'm watching you transform now, not just off the field, but what you did with the bootleggers. I'm right behind you with my dreamers. And I see you moving over and how y'all move on the stage. Like, I see all the pieces. How y'all got to this point, where y'all was at before this. Like, I'm watching the real. Right. But I study the OGs. I always have. Them my big brothers, because they show me. I learn from their mistakes. I learn from their success. But then now you got a whole new generation. It's different. These little bros, you know what I mean? You trying to tell them like, hey man, you ain't, cause now it's a lot more hype than being the real deal. Like if I can just get a million followers on social media, that's all <laughs> I'm worried about. It don't matter Dang. if I, I can beat that dude on, on the field. Yeah. Like, you know, it was all about, man, I gotta beat the man in front of me. Right. And it's a dog in front of me. So that's, I never disrespect anybody in the game. But I ain't ran up on too many, right. you know what I'm saying, that I'm thinking twice about. You know what I'm saying? But I know it's the other way around when it come, when it come my way. And so for me, that's how I look at it. When I'm, when I'm playing the game, I'm trying to inflict fear. I want you to fear me. Right. Like, you need to be thinking, do I want to go that, that, that way tomorrow? Five, six over there. And I know as soon as the game start, when, that, when they got to run that, that ball through that B gap, right. and he looking to bounce that thing outside, okay, you saw me, and you ran away. That's everything I need to know. Right, right. <laughs> Ain't too many going to come to that B gap and like, oh, I'm going straight. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I learned that from Ray. I said, Ray, oh, he, Ray used to holler, you can't avoid me. Yeah, I started telling true. him, it's a mind game. You know, I'm, 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 I'm that, but that's what I mean that everybody want to be a dog. Everybody want that dog title. And you can go and flaunt that, but the real dogs know who the dog is. That's true. You know what I'm saying? The dog ain't going to tell you and say like, oh yeah, yeah, you a dog, that, that, that. No, we see who the dog is and who ain't. You know, you had that conversation with God in, in your garage with tears in your, your eyes. You're here now and you're into being a real dog. Last question for us is, what's the end goal? End goal is impact. That's it. Bible tells us, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My life is not for me. My life is to reflect the man upstairs. One of the thing, things we teach our, our, our students at Devoted Dreamers is the five T's. Number one, we're going to tell you that you are a steward, not an owner. God gave you five things that you are to steward, and he coming back looking for a return. It's just like if we put our money in an investment, we're looking for a return. I'm, I'm, I'm coming back to get that. I ain't just putting this money over here and then leaving it. It ain't for you. I'm looking for a return. And so God gave us five things. He gave us time. He gave us temple, our body. He gave us talent, our gifts. He gave us treasure, our resources, and he gave us testimony, which is our story. And that's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to steward that as best as I can until he come back looking for that return. Quick. Before every game, both teams are praying. Does God care about sports? Because <laughs> really, like, I'm praying, you praying, we about to play each other. Mm -hmm. You praying that you can make a tackle, I'm praying that you can't tackle me. Mm -hmm. How does God deal with that? It's a bunch of people asking for help. Man, you know, that's, he's sovereign.
He's sovereign is, is his thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. He got to figure out how to make all, not just that, not all the prayers. He got to make all the bad and the good work together. How does he take bad situations, good situations from all our different lives and weld them all together to tell a, a, a perfect story in the end? Only he can do that. But I know one thing is when you praying, whether it's football or anything, he concerned about you and he concerned about your soul and where your soul going to reside. The RC usually wraps us, wrap us up, but this is important to me. Transparency on this show is highly important to all of us. Yeah. And we spoke about, or you spoke about friends, faith, family, and football. Yeah. And, and is the foundation, and take us out with this one, is the foundation of your life fulfilled? Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you this. So I just learned this like last week. There's a difference in transparency and vulnerability. Transparency is telling, sharing, you, sharing with you something, but I'm in control. I'm sharing it with you. You know what I'm saying? It might make me a little uncomfortable, but I'm in control how much I share. Vulnerability is, is putting something out, you know what I'm saying, that you could use to hurt me. You know, that's vulnerability. And I try to live in a vulnerable space versus the transparent space. Like, I'm going to empty it out because I need to get it fixed for me. But I also hope that maybe you got something that can help me. Or you can realize that you can be vulnerable, too, because we all dealing with something. I would say the foundation of my life is fulfilled because of this. Not because I've achieved it or gotten there, but I understand it. And it's order and alignment of my life. Number one, how can I individually be the best person I'm supposed to be? Number two, how can I serve my family as best I can? Number three, how can I serve my church as best as I can? And then from there, how can I serve my community, my city, my state, my nation as best as I can? And anytime you get those misaligned, you're going to have issues. Because God gave a specific order because that's how he protects you. And when you don't obey God's order, the devil is waiting. The devil watched film. And he waiting on you to mess up. And that's when he going to strike. Bruh, I mean, I sat down for a podcast, man. And I think you did something you do over and over again when you get opportunities to speak is you share it. It wasn't just about telling your story. You were telling a story that everybody can learn from and everybody can gain from. And that's what we want to do. I mean, heck. We can have you back and have a whole football conversation, but it still won't be as plentiful and as bountiful as that's going to be to the people that get an opportunity to watch it. Like, that's a real pivot for us. So we just appreciate you coming on here and being vulnerable because there's not a lot of men who want to be seen as macho, who want to be seen as the most masculine, who, wants to be seen, who want to be seen as the toughest to say that this is not about me, it's about the God I serve. So, man, we appreciate you, bro. Man, it was awesome, Yes, dog. sir. Yes, sir, man. Y'all appreciate blessed, you, though. Nah, for yes, sure, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I didn't know you were that tall, man. Yeah, right. Come on. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cow, pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On this bitch, you not gonna trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cow, pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. Uh, on the mission, get me up.